Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, welcome to Fan Junkies Radio, and yes, it is our open forum Wednesday. So right away, I'm going to throw the number out to you right off the bat, 347-237-5373. Call in with any questions, comments, or anything about the topics we're talking about here today. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Miguel McShane. Miguel, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, all right there, Jonathan. How we doing? I'm doing just about as well as any miserable Philadelphia fan can do, I'll tell you. Well, yes. That's true. Yep, yep, <laughs> but, yep. but before we talk about miserable Philadelphia like we always do here on Fan Junkies Radio, uh, <laughs> we're actually a three-man team today joining yeah. us. He's from the CLW83 Network, Jim Williams. Jim, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much, John, and thank you for calling me by my proper name as opposed to calling me Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> and Miguel, great to be working with you. Uh, como estas, mi amigo? Yeah, he beat me to the punch there, uh, Jameson. Yeah, I was trying you to. You know what? How about Jameson? But it's not happening. <laughs> okay, Juan. Yeah. You can bet, folks, this is going to be a good one today. <laughs> oh, yes. We're going to have lots of laughs because pre-show we've been having tons of laughs. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's from from anything from uh, getting names wrong to uh, singing Motorhead songs. That's what yeah, it's all about. We should have actually been broadcasting the pre-show, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We might have to do that on a Sunday, man. Just uh, <laughs> silly Sunday, we'll call it. <laughs> That'd be so wild. Hey. All right, man. Before we get into uh, all the great stuff we have to talk about here today, let's do our uh, hat trick challenge here, Mike. Seeing you two one in our hat trick challenge here over at hattrick.nhl.com. So I'm going to throw yep. right off the bat, yep. so we can get it done because we got a lot to talk about here today. Um, question one: yep. Will Jacob Voracek register at least one point for the Philadelphia Flyers tonight against the Washington Capitals? Well, with 24 points in 21 games, I'm saying yes. I am saying C as well, Miguel. All right. Number two, which team will win between the Anaheim Ducks and the Nashville Predators? I'm going Ducks. I am going Ducks as well. Jim, you can go Gooses. Okay. Which team will win, the Los Angeles Kings or the Detroit Red Wings? Michael. Uh, You know, the the Kings have won four in a row, and a lot of people are actually starting to get back on their bandwagon, but I think they're going to come up a little short today. And I'm going with the uh, Red Wings. Red Wings as well. So, Mike, either we fly together or we sink together. Well, I sunk yesterday. I was over three yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. You're terrible. I am. I'm absolutely horrible. Oh, just an update. It was one for two. Yeah, you're right. You're leading me in hat tricks. You've got two. I've got one. But in the overall record, Jonathan, you are 21 and 15. I am 16 and 20. Oh, look at that, man. Yeah. Well, you should be better than I am. No, 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 no. I shouldn't be, but I am. It's just uh, yeah. Uh, all right. That <laughs> is the game. Yes. Uh, that is the game. Okay. Uh, Mike, today in sports, man, this is your time. What do you got for us today? Hey, well, you know something. How things have changed. Uh, and to to put a to put a, a exclamation point on it. Fifty years ago today, 1963, the uh, legendary Mickey Mantle. Well, he signed a contract through, uh, with the uh, New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Value of the contract, $100,000. Wow. Wow. So that's basically a one-game check for uh, Tom Brady, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I don't know. Under the new restructured contract or the old one? <laughs> Under both? Yeah, yeah really. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, really, $100,000, folks. Look at how things have changed so dramatically. So dramatic. You know, I was listening to somebody on one of the talk radio shows down here in Philadelphia this morning, and they were making the comment because they were talking about buying them. But they were making the comment – you know, does everybody remember the day back in the time when the President of the United States was the highest paid person in America? 
When was that? I do. Well, I, I mean, Mike, you know, I know, I'm not going to go there, Mike. All right, all right. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's do a little bit of an uh, NCAA update on your side there. Oh, yes, indeed. We didn't get a chance to get to that the other day. Uh, Let me just see if I have my rankings. Yes, I do. Uh, Rankings came out on Monday, and uh, unfortunately they weren't out before we went off the air on Monday. Uh, So let me just run them down real quick. But in some respects, right there at the uh, top five, they might already be moot. But uh, on Monday, Indiana remained number one in, uh, in the AP poll. That's their fourth week in a row, holding on to the number one spot. You know, uh, Lee Klein, who uh, I, I just keep coming back to it because he said to us a number of weeks ago when Gonzaga was all the way down at number eight, he said, watch Gonzaga. They are now up to number two. Uh, Duke holds on to the number three spot. Michigan moves back up uh, to the number four. Uh, you got uh, Miami uh, Hurricanes, number five. Uh, let me just skim through here real quick, see if there's anything that jumps out at us. St. Louis makes the board. Uh, they were not ranked last week. They were down at number 18. Uh, Louisiana Tech makes the board. They're ranked at number 25. Notre Dame jumps back up to number 21. There you uh, go. Now, the interesting thing here, however, uh, and I say that this might already be a bit moot, uh, yeah. because we had something that occurred last night that I don't think anybody saw, and that was the Indiana Hoosiers, number one, went down. They lost to the Minnesota Gophers, of all teams. They lost by four points. So the general thinking is right now that Gonzaga would be the number one. Here's the interesting thing, and I'm going to be curious to talk to uh, Lee about this later on in March. Here's the interesting thing. The thinking is that even if Gonzaga were to win out the season at the end of next weekend, at the number one spot, more than likely, they will not get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Mm. And that would be the first time in... Oh, it's got to be at least uh, over 20 years. Wow, so it's going to be good to be uh, talking to Lee Klein about all of this stuff. And uh, Lee's going to be joining us on March 20th, correct? March 20th, yeah. Now, the brackets will be out at that point, And, in fact, we'll already be into the those early rounds. Well, the early rounds don't count. I mean, that's, you know, those elimination games, which are kind of stupid. The play-ins, yeah. Yeah, they're just, you know, it's unnecessary. But, uh, no, it is going to be rather interesting. I, I would, I for one would love to see Gonzaga hold on to the number one spot now at this point, just because I think it's uh, a great Cinderella underdog story. Yeah, it, w- it would be. Uh, I'll, I'll say this though: I was uh, following Twitter last night during the game, and Joe Lenardi, Joey Brackets, was saying that even if Indiana lost, they would stay number one. Any any logic to that? Uh, probably they're probably looking at strength of schedule. I, I I would say, and I'd have to take a look at Gonzaga and uh, um, um, Indiana side by side. But I would venture a bet that Indiana's uh, schedule is probably a bit stronger than right. what Gonzaga's had to play. So I would venture a bet that's where they're they're, they're placing the emphasis. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Well, that's uh, that's some interesting stuff. We'll definitely have to uh, talk about that further over the next uh, week or so. Absolutely. But things are starting to really get heated up now. I mean, when. You've got over there at Cumberland. You've got tournaments coming up. Oh, oh! Thank you for the cheap plug. Much appreciated. Uh, the women's basketball team, uh, which I was announcing for last night, uh, they're now into the regional semifinals of the NJCAA Region 19 uh, tournament. Right. Uh, they uh, they won their game last night, which I announced, and uh, they're going to Brookdale to face Brookdale uh, Thursday afternoon about uh, 3:15 in the afternoon. So it's 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 already madness on the junior college level here. So. All right. So they've got so they're into their tourney. So I think the I think the major tourneys actually I think start. Uh, do you know off the top of your head, Jim? I think it's like next weekend, isn't it? I I think it's either next weekend or the weekend after. I'll check on that matter okay. of fact. Okay. I'll get back to you on that. Yep. One moment. <laughs> One moment. Oh, please. you're you're gonna you're gonna give me dead air so I can. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, 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 no. We can go on. We can go on. Please. A- do. Anyhow, uh, yeah. There we have. There we have. Uh, that that's anyhow the NCAA update. But uh, we we already do know the NCAA tournament will be starting in around I believe the 18th, 19th of March. So tournament times. Uh, the conference tournaments have to be starting. I would think next. I would think by midweek next week. That's my guess. Uh, some of some of them, I think, actually, uh, the second week of March. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Okay. Because everything's backlogged. I mean, the regionals end on the final day of uh, March, and the final four isn't until the second weekend, technically. Okay. In, uh, in March. Everything's backlogged. Well, year. you're you're right about that because I do remember in years past where the tournament was actually taking place on St. Patrick's Day, 
where, in fact, this year it's actually a couple of days later. Yeah, but it's like April 6th and 8th for the finals, so. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Lo- love it, love it. Can't wait to do some brackets. Oh, I love it. I love it, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can tell, John. You're just so enthused by oh, it. Oh man, I, I love it, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, uh, I'm for pumped. A guy, he, excitement. For a basketball guy, he really doesn't like the college scene. Really I, I just, uh, I watch it. Just uh, couldn't get into it as heavily as other people do. So, all right, man. Before we go any further, uh, a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, somebody we spoke about in our last show, Mike, uh, getting a confirmation here from Mike Freeman over at CBS Sports that uh, Alex Smith will be a Kansas City Chief. Deal will be announced soon. So. No kidding. Okay. Well, we uh, we I, I think uh, you know I said KC was where I kind of thought it, I saw him going. Yeah, it was definitely one of our top three to five teams that we said. So. Yep. Yeah, I uh, think he's going to do a good job for us. <clears throat> <laughs> I got uh, all the tools it takes, and of course he's being led by <clears throat> Doug Patterson, and uh, uh, he's going to do a better job for us. <clears throat> Doug, Patterson, Doug Patterson. Doug, Doug Patterson. Doug Patterson. <laughs> uh, Greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. <clears throat> well, you know, uh, Jim, I don't know if you heard the same thing, but I was saying uh, when we were talking about this on Monday, I had made the comment that I frankly thought that it was it was definitely going to be KC because there had been expressed communication between mm-hmm. uh, Andy Reid and the KC Chiefs with the Philadelphia Eagles vis-a-vis Nick Foles. And right. then it was announced that all of a sudden, last Thursday, last Friday, it was announced that, nope, they're not interested at all. Mm-hmm. And so when that came up, I, I, I automatically, my antenna went up, and I, I said, okay, wait a minute, hold on. If they're absolutely not interested, that means they've got their eye on something else, and what would that be? And with the draft still being a number of weeks away, I'm thinking, okay, it has to be Alex Smith. Right. Oh, yeah. Agreed, agreed. And, you know, Foles doesn't look like he's going anywhere at this point, so, you know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a an interesting conundrum here in Philadelphia where they're going to go, uh, considering they've committed to Vic for one more year at least, and, uh, you know, Foles apparently isn't the, uh, how can I word this, the given that he is going to be the starting quarterback of the future here in this town. It's not, Nothing's a given right now under Trip Kelly. The only thing that's a given is this team's going to finish 3-13 and this year. Did you read from his comments the other day, uh, from Chip Kelly's comments the other day, did you get, because I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I read the complete opposite. He made the statement outright that, uh, he would look forward to, and it, the way he put it, almost as if it's a future tense. I would look forward to coaching Nick Foles on the on the practice field. Uh, should that opportunity arise, is what he said. I did not read in that that Nick Foles is safe here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I I, I didn't read it. Uh, I'm I really don't know. I, I I can't give you an honest answer. I I have no tell on Chip Kelly right now. I think there's just uh, too much. Too much change going on right now. Well, not too much change, but uh, it's it's too early to tell. Is what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find out more later on as uh, things go yeah, through. Yeah, we, we'd great. rather talk about the Jets, wouldn't we, John? Oh. Not really, man. I don't want to talk about them at all right now. So. Yeah. But what you do want to talk about is another sport, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Hockey. But yes. before we do that, I gotta say, uh, Sports Center, uh, great job as always. Hours later, days later, confirmed <laughs> Alex Smith is going to the Kansas City Chiefs. So. <laughs> Good, good stuff, ESPN, man. Big fans. Well, 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 and don't get started on ESPN's hockey coverage or lack thereof. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hockey coverage, man. They cover badminton more than they cover hockey. Anyway, let's talk about this. Uh, we had a couple of deals over the last couple of days. First, let's talk about your guys' flyers. Simone Gagne returning to Philadelphia uh, in a trade with the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a conditional 2013 draft pick. Here's a guy, and I spoke to Mike about this yesterday, a, a, a majority of the chunk of Philadelphia Flyers fans couldn't stand this guy. Was waiting for him to go. He goes. Now he's back, and uh, a lot of those fans that want him to go are uh, praising this deal now. So, uh, Jim, I'll ask you real quick first. Uh, what do you think about this deal? Are you happy that Gagne's back? Well, I absolutely like the deal. I was never really a Gagne hater per se, honestly. Uh, considering what they're giving up, which is next to nothing to get a guy who, much as it pains me to say it, won a Stanley Cup without us, uh, he can maybe provide a much-needed boost to this team that's just kind of floundering a little bit. They'll win one big game against a rival and then crap the bet against two or three games that are easily winnable. You know, they need something like this, and maybe he's uh, uh, part of the puzzle again. Uh, you know, well, he is a part of the puzzle right now, but maybe he's that one little ingredient that can spark uh, the, the locker room. Who knows? There you go. Mike? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with uh, Jim Moore. I, I mean, I, you know, I said to you, Jonathan, yesterday that, 
you know, I've been a Gagne fan going all the way back. I mean, this kid was homegrown with us. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we, we I, you know, I never necessarily heard a lot of dislike for Gagne from my fellow fans. Might have been uh, more Mike Richards than Gagne, quite frankly. Oh, man. Yeah. Let me tell you, the stuff I heard about Simone Gagne from Flyers fans when I was uh, covering Ranger games at MSG, talking to Flyers fans, it, it was pretty disgusting, man. Well, mm. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we have a tendency to like our homegrown uh, sorts around here, and Gagne sure. was certainly that. I, I agree with Jim. I think that, uh, you know, he's a veteran force. You know, uh, I, my gosh, they paid, as, as, as Jim said, virtually nothing for it. A fourth-round conditional pick, you know, you know, why not? You know, uh, it, to me, it can't hurt, you know. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to help, but look, it can't hurt, that's for sure. Uh, and I frankly think that where we're going to see him being used uh, a lot is probably going to be on the power play. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Let's talk about another deal real quick that happened yesterday and uh, another per- uh, another player returning to a former team, the Canadians, reacquiring Michael Ryder from the Dallas Stars in exchange for Eric Cole and a 2013 third-round pick. I was very, very shocked about the pick. So, Yeah, well, you made the comment, and I, I, I continue on with it. You made the the comment that, uh, you know, you're seeing a trend here with some of these uh some of these moves that are being made in this shortened season. Uh, how did you phrase it? Uh, expiring deals moving around, rent the players, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering, you know, you and I were wondering out loud if this is going to be the trend in a shortened season, you know, that a lot of teams are just going to be dumping uh, players that, you know, you know, perhaps maybe are on a last year or something to that effect. Yeah, well, yeah, so- I agree. I agree. You throw out conventional wisdom this season, by and large, I think you got something there, uh, John. No, you have to throw it out, man, especially when uh, you see Dallas Stars giving up an expiring contract and a third-round pick for an agent, Eric Cole, who's got two years and almost like $10 million left on his deal. Yep. For a guy that's had three goals so far this season, man. Got to play the win now at this point, yeah. Well, Well, you've also made the comment, and you obviously have a little more insight on this one, uh, Jonathan, than I do. You were making the comment that you were a little bit surprised because the Canadians were not real high on Ryder. No, they wanted to get rid of him. Fans wanted to get rid of him, uh, so... Just funny that uh, all of a sudden he's coming back. I mean, it is an expiring deal. They're uh, Montreal's playing good, good hockey right now. They are, they're I leading. believe, they're first in the Northeast yeah, right now. Twelve, four, and three record. Uh, you know, Michael Ryder is only going to give them a boost, but I mean, uh, you know, he left there sour. Uh, will he want to? Uh, you know, is he going to play the same hockey that he was playing in Dallas in Montreal? He's got six goals and eight assists on a year. So, yep. Yep. You, you know, one has to look at that. So. Also, uh, we've got a couple of rumors here out of Philadelphia um, that Danny Briere could be on the move, Mike, uh, either to the St. Louis Blues or the Boston Bruins. Uh, Mike, you, you and I were talking about this this morning. Uh, what have you heard? Yeah, well, same thing. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're hearing two two teams are being mentioned, Boston Bruins and St. Louis Blues. Uh, also hearing, however, that, that Briere has got a no trade. Uh, and, in fact, he is inclined to enforce his no trade, that uh, he has no desire to go anywhere else. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of rumors on, on uh, Sports Talk Radio here in the Philadelphia region uh, in the past two days about this. Uh, I, for one, uh, have uh, – I'm going to be honest. I've never, ever been an enormous Briere fan. I wasn't thrilled when we got him to begin with. Uh, I'm not sure, though, how I feel about this one at this particular time. I'd be more inclined not to let him go. Jim, what do you think? I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, what he – doesn't provide in the regular season. He provides and then some in the postseason. Absolutely. That's that's the thing. He turns it on when uh, the second season starts up, and you need that kind of spark if you have any chance of contending for uh, Lord Stanley's Cup. I think he stays put, and uh, I, I don't see anything uh, substantial with the rumors at this point. The okay. uh, other thing, and I don't have his numbers directly up in front of me uh, to be able to verify this or not, but just to, uh, from what I have seen, uh, in my opinion, he's one of the better guys we've got when it comes to a shootout. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm not sure what his shootout numbers are, unfortunately, but. Well, it always seems that you know you get him if you can get him in the first three, going down on the first three, uh, it, it's usually money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? Let me ask you this. I know uh, Philadelphia is hurting for some, to, you know, some defensemen, and one of the rumored packages yep. I heard was Briere going with uh, other pieces to St. Louis for Kevin Shattenkirk, who's got one goal and 14 assists already on the season. That uh, might not be a bad move, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, if they that could do that. Considering. Yeah, I mean, if they could get a Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, I, I don't see how Flyers wouldn't want to move Breer. So. Yeah. 
But also it depends on who's in the package, too. I've been saying saying since the beginning of this shortened season that the thing that it appears to me this team is missing, all right? And I'm not talking about heart, and I'm not talking about soul, and I'm not talking about energy. I'm talking about individuals. The Mm -hmm. two things that this team is is, uh, uh, really surely missing, in my opinion, was the offensive output that was put out by uh, Yager last year and the defensive uh, uh, stature of uh, uh, Pronger. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I mean, th- th- this team is not this. I-, I can't believe we couldn't keep a hold of Yager. I mean, what he's doing in Dallas uh, this season is, you know, we he, he's an ageless wonder right now. Yeah. So oh, he's up there with uh, Team Mussolini, man. I mean, you know, it's a exactly. guy that's not stopping. You know. Well, and it reminded me. It just reminded me so much of one of those really bad, in my opinion. I know I'm going to get criticized by Philadelphia fans, but one of those really bad uh, Raúl Banez signings. You're going to let a guy go for. <laughs> going to let a guy go for a million dollars that was dumb last year i don't care what anybody says and i'll you know i'll defend that right to my to my grave right we, well, should, have was, kept, we should have kept raul abanez for a million raul dollars was the yankees offense of the postseason for god's sake exactly day. exactly and and we i think could have negotiated with yager it might it might have been a little bit more than a million dollars but i'm going to tell you right now i don't think it would have been much more because he wanted to stay here in philadelphia yeah yeah, unfortunately, uh, he wanted to stay in New York as well. So the two 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 teams got rid of him really quickly, unfortunately, and they're hurting for it right now. How much did Dallas actually get for him? I, I, I you know, I wrote the article up way back in the summertime when it happened, and I forget now. Um, the, I believe it was a one year deal, right? Yeah, I think it is only a one year deal. Yeah, four uh, point five million. A little bit over a million dollars. Yeah, four point five mil. Oh, four point five. Okay, so we did get an upgrade over over what the Flyers were. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why he went to Dallas. So yep. a lot of other teams are offering around uh, two point five. So. Yeah, but somewhere along the line, Holmgren got cold feet and all of a sudden backed off because initially Holmgren was like uh, was was seemed to be warm to the idea of signing him, and then all of a sudden it fell apart. Yeah. All right, let's look at the uh, NHL standings. Actually, before we do that, uh, Alex Smith goes to Casey for a 2013 second-round pick and a conditional mid-round pick in 2014. 2013 second-round pick. Uh, uh, okay, uh, that's going to be a fairly high pick in the second round then. Uh, yeah, from Kansas City. So, yeah. uh, but they still keep their first-round pick. So, you got to you know, wheeling and dealing going to go down. So. And uh, you forgot, uh, I also get a case of uh, <clears throat> Rizzaroni in the deal. <clears throat> <laughs> it's funny, man, looking at a lot of these NFL insiders right now, they're saying considering San Francisco now has 3,000 draft picks right now, <laughs> you'd have to wonder if they actually offer a huge, huge package of draft picks to the Jets for Darrell Revis. So. You know, I wonder, um, I'm, I'm just sitting here going, okay, a second-round pick this year. Uh, I guess that's about the best you could have gotten for Alex Smith, right? Yeah, I don't think he was worth a first-round pick. You're not going to get a first-round for Alex Smith, uh, do you think, Jim? I no, no. I, I don't. I don't think he's of that caliber. I don't think he ever was of that caliber. Yeah. I, you know, if no. a team was desperate enough, I could think so. But at the same time, I think Kansas City was the most desperate team, and all they got from right. was second in a two thousand. Consider their head coach, of course. He's the king of desperation. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right, man. Let's uh, let's let's take a look here real quick at the NHL standings. Uh, Pittsburgh still in the lead in the Atlantic, 26 points. Montreal out in the Northeast, 27 points. Carolina Southeast, they're tied uh, three-way tie with Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Winnipeg, 19 points apiece. Uh, Chicago, 16, 0 and 3, 35 points out there in the Central. Vancouver, 10, 5 and 4, 24 points, and Anaheim, 13, 3 and 1. And we st- and I have to say it again, man. Who in the hell saw Chicago Blackhawks doing what they're doing right now? Sixteen zero and three. Who the hell saw Anaheim? Anaheim, you know, at twenty-seven points right now, I can see, but a thirty-five point undefeated man. I mean, that's just insane right now. And what's you know, Chicago? And I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. You know, I've I've seen a lot of Nashville games this young season already. Nashville is a damn good team, and uh, and, and, and you know. Yeah. They are just they are just being obliterated by what Chicago is doing with sixteen zero and three thirty five points. There, what that's a twelve point lead over over second place Nashville. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But um, if it goes right now, could they make the playoffs? I believe they can. If it left right, if it stopped right now, I believe they would. So. Nashville would. Yes. They, I would think they would. Yeah. Yes, they would. Yeah. They're in fourth place in the uh, Western Conference. There you mm-hmm. go. Right. Yeah, they're they're a damn good team. I mean, I have watched a lot of their games. 
They've been, they've been steadily improving the last couple of years. Absolutely. I think they, they can make a run. They can make a run. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And that's with losing players from last season that everybody thought would kill them this year, and it's not. So. Small market, I pull for him all the time. Sure. But we got Chicago with a, uh, with a six-game-in-a-row streak. And uh, let's see. They're not playing tonight. Uh, I, I guess Chicago's playing tomorrow night. Let me just pull up tomorrow's schedule real quick. Also got to say, uh, L.A., four-game win streak. Yeah, I I, I would Ottawa, streak too out in the East. Mm-hmm. Ottawa is in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. They could easily make the playoffs this season. Chicago mm-hmm. will be the visiting team tomorrow night uh, at St. Louis. Ooh, Dude, yeah, that's gonna be a good one, man. Yeah, I, that will be a good one. I see St. Louis, man. Uh, I think giving them their first loss there, man. That will good. be that will be a good one. Uh, real quick, uh, Jonathan, the um, talking about the Kings, uh, have they turned the corner? Um, I wouldn't say so yet. I mean, nice four-game win streak. Uh, watched a couple of games recently. Still not totally impressed right now. So Yeah, neither am I. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you're looking at that four-game win streak, and suddenly you're saying, wow, okay, maybe this team's starting to show a little bit of its of its old Kings uh, style. But uh, I've not been impressed with what I've seen. Yeah, but they, you know what? they still got to beat the Detroits, the San Jose's, the Dallas's, and the St. Louis's, and I think those four teams are better than what L.A. is right now. So. Agreed. Shortened short season might actually screw them. Yeah, actually, yeah uh, you know, and I think the shortened season uh, down the line is going to screw a lot of teams, unfortunately, Mike. But uh, mm-hmm. the teams that are, uh, you know, doing real good, uh, you know, is it because of the shortened season or are they just uh, playing cohesive hockey? Man, it's uh, two things you have to look at. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, man, let's uh, switch it over real quick. NBA, um, talk about a game from last night. Miami Heat defeating the Sacramento Kings 141 to 129. I believe that is their 12th win in a row, correct, Mike? Uh, yes, it is. And 270 points on that game. Is that insane or what? Well, it looked like the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, really. Except uh, one team is really good and the other team is really bad and still took them to its two overtime. So, yep. uh, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, you got LeBron James with 40, Dwayne Wade with 39, Ray Allen off the bench, 21 points. Out there in Sacramento, I mean, listen, Miami's defense is horrible and approved it right here. Marcus Thornton off the bench, 36 points. Tyreek Evans, 26. DeMarcus Cousins, 24. Isaiah Thomas, 14. John Salmons, 15. Um, as I told you, Mike, in my mind, if this was the Spurs or Oklahoma City Thunder, um, I think that he could have easily lost this game. So, right. you know, right. they're playing some uh, bad teams and getting some good wins over bad teams right now, and that's really, really helping them. Well, you, you know, at, you know I, I, right, and I bring this up to you because I'm, I'm looking at it, and I made the comment earlier you know, we've talked about San Antonio this season, um, and we, we, you know, we were bringing up when they were on a, on their roll of nine games in a row and ten games in a row, and and to me, this is this is a, this is monumental. I mean, twelve games in a row. I I don't think San Antonio went twelve games in a row. We got I mean, you got to sit up and take notice of what the Heat are doing right now. Mm. Absolutely, you have to. I oh, mean, you have to. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, they can afford to not have the greatest defense in the world because they've got three, two, three, four solid scores who are going to give you 25, 30 a night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's nobody's business. A good offense will counteract a uh, lukewarm defense at best. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the bigger story right now is the fact that LeBron James is threatening to give up his pregame dunking expose <laughs> to the fans. Can I just say something? Excuse me, I have to get done by soapbox for just a second. LeBron, for the love of all that is good to save All Star Weekend, will you just show up once, just once in the slam dunk contest, and be done with it? Yeah. Anyway, that's I not gonna happen. It's not gonna. Yeah, there's a better chance of uh, me being anorexic by morning, but yeah. Not gonna happen. Uh, no, that's not gonna happen either. You're right. <laughs> so. No, well, not you. You can do it, man. DDP yoga, buddy. Oh, yeah. Bang. Anyway. <laughs> Bang. Listen, man. If Jake the Snake Roberts could clean up. Well, I'm not. I'm guys not, like you I'm and not I could get coke. Fit. I'm it's not a, on the coke. If they could, if they could clean up. Listen, man. If he cleans up Scott Hall. Well, exactly. That's a freaking miracle. Exactly. And if Scott Hall gets cleaned up, you and I could get super duper fit, Jim. Uh, let's not go that far now. It's okay. Gonna but but no. But getting back on on course here. Uh, yeah, Miami. It, it would be an interesting series to watch if it becomes Miami San Antonio in the finals. That oh, would, I agree. That goes seven. I think that's a seven game series, and it, it's a pick 'em. It really is. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I absolutely I agree with you one hundred percent. I think you're absolutely right. That would be a seven gamer. Yeah, I don't think uh, Miami Clippers or Miami Oklahoma City could be seven games. You know, I, I really don't think so. 
Yeah, I mean, and San Antonio, and, and look how they're doing it. They are quietly the best team out west, I think, San Antonio right now. Nobody gives them the press. Nobody gives them the coverage because it's all about the Blake show and the clip show in Los Angeles and what Durant's doing in Oklahoma City. They just got a well-oiled United team in San Antonio with, uh, you know, with Duncan and Ginobili and, and so on and so forth. They just play good team basketball, which is something you don't see too often anymore. Yeah, but is this a team, though, with the aging of uh, their players, is this a team that could start to uh, dwindle down towards the playoffs? Well, but they're aging happen? like fine wine. They're aging like fine wine on, like, uh, say, the Celtics, for example. Yeah. yeah. Or just, you know, falling apart. Well, you know what the good thing is? They got a lot of nice role players off that bench. You got guys in Tiago Splitter, Gary Neal, Matt Bonner. You know, there's just a lot of good guys there, and they're really cohesive right now. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's huge for them. That's just really, really big. Exactly. Let me change. Let me change the. Uh, l- let me change the. Uh, what's the word I want? Horizon for a moment here. The, yeah. the, the, the look of things. Let's move it over to the Central Division. You, you know, Jim, you talk about a team that's quietly, uh, you know, doing what they're doing out there. Uh, let me ask a question: Is uh, is the Central Division Indiana's uh, Indiana's division to have? It's it's a pick'em division. Right now, I mean, uh, Chicago and Indiana are going to go back and forth uh, in, in the final third of the season. I think. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. If uh, if they got Derrick Rose back, I think it would happen. But right now, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Indiana has the better team, and they've been doing this all season without Danny Granger. Well, now Danny Rose. Granger is back, their best player. So that gives them an even bigger boost. They're four games up on Chicago right now. Milwaukee. Right. You know, they look a little different as well, but they're still eight games behind. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I, I honestly believe that this is uh, – if Indiana continues to play the way they're playing right now, they're on a five-game win streak, and they beat a very, very good Golden State Warriors team last night uh, by a good amount of points, this is definitely the Pacers division. They're just not a good team on the road, 12-16 and 16 on the road against, uh, as opposed to Chicago, uh, a 500 team at home, which is yes. good, but they're a better road team, the Bulls Yes, are. they're a better road team, but the Indiana Pacers are a much better home team than Chicago is. I mean, 15-14 at your own house is still, you know, I, I don't think that's something you, you know, you'd... Uh, you don't hang your hat on. Pretty bad, you know. Exactly. Not quite. Eight for New York at home, uh, you know, 25-4 and four for Oklahoma City at home, 23-6 and six for the Clippers, that's a home record, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. So... Not quite to the extent uh, that we've got here in Philadelphia, but really, Derek Rose has become uh, has become Chicago's Andrew Bynum. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe I mean, Greg they, they said he's been uh, on the practice court and he's looked damn good. I mean, he looks ready to go. So you have to wonder. Yeah, but is he's Derek Rose ra- keeping himself out, or is the Bulls keeping Derek Rose out? Does he go bowling saying, a lot? He, he's sitting around saying, "I will not come back until I'm 110 percent." And 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 obviously, the Bulls are putting no pressure on him whatsoever. Yeah, and yet he's playing full blast in scrimmages from what I'm hearing, so you have to wonder why. Mm. You know, you have to wonder why. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks good right now. I mean, if you look down at things, you know, the, you know, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Heat, the, the the Hawks, I mean, they're all making the playoffs out in the East. Western Conference, I mean, you can almost just look at it and pick right away, you know, which, you know, which eight teams are making the playoffs out in the West. Yeah, yeah. But it, it certainly appears to me, and if you look across, uh, across the entire landscape of it, the, uh, the West has the much – Stronger competition. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. One to eight in the well, to be more realistic, like say one to five or one to six out west can easily beat any team in the east. In a, if you were to give them a five or seven game series, easily beat them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I really think that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, then, then let me ask you this, Jim. In a seven gamer where you've got the Heat and you've got the Spurs going up against it, you're saying that seventh game is going to be San Antonio's. In that in that respect, I'm going to say it's a pick'em because I think those are the two top teams. Uh, I, what I'm what I'm getting at is like, for example, if the Spurs were to face the Nets, forget about it. Okay, uh-huh. the Spurs against the Knicks, forget about it. The Spurs against the Pacers, forget about it. The Heat are the only team comparable to a Western Conference team in terms of talent, in terms of skill set, in terms of uh, the way they play basketball. I mean, granted, the defense lacks, but again, like I mentioned earlier, they make up with it with the fact that they can score 100 points easily uh, before getting to the fourth quarter, seemingly. Yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, I mean, even the Thunder might make, make it a seven-game series against the Heat uh, by comparison, but uh, I would say... Yeah, the Heat's the only team out in the, on the east uh, east of the Mississippi, as it were, uh, that could rival any team out west, and that's that's questionable. That that's you know, 
Yeah. Well, you never know what can happen. Injuries, players going into slumps. We've seen it before. I mean, nobody really thought OKC was going to make the finals last year, and yet they did. So Exactly. Well, anything can right happen. Now, at this point right now, we're looking at what? We're looking at most teams having about 30 games remaining in the regular season, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, 28 to 30, yeah. Yeah, yep. anything can happen. So. We'll see what happens. All right, let's uh, let's go over to another game from last night. Uh, let's talk about the Sixers Magic game last night. Sixers lost ninety eight to eighty four. After the game, Doug Collins went completely ballistic and went off on the Sixers. Mike, you watched the whole conference. What happened there with Doug Collins? The uh, you know this was a game that the Sixers were favored to win by nine. Nine, and they ended up losing by double digits. Mm. Uh, what happened in the, at, at the press conference or after the fact? Well, you know, you got to wonder. <laughs> what happened at the press conference? Jim, did, did, did he just resign, or did he, did he just ask to be fired? Because yeah, well, I, his, his he asked to be fired. He asked to be fired. I think right now he's thinking about uh, pulling up a chair next to Marv Albert on TNT's uh, announce table again really quickly. Keep in mind, this is the same Doug Collins who had a chance to nurture – and foster the basketball intellect of a one Michael Jordan in the late 1980s. How'd that work for you, Dougie? Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. I like Doug Collins as an announcer. I like him as a player. As a coach, I mean, last season it looked like he was getting through to the players, but this year it's just not working out. And it's not that they don't have talent. Drew Holiday, I think, is the best commodity the Sixers have right now. Uh, but And you can't win with one player, man. Well, you can't. You absolutely no. can't. And... Uh, it's just uh, – this team this season has been cursed from Jump Street with the whole Andrew Bynum thing. And I think that that's a cloud that still hangs over the head of this franchise to a certain degree because you remember, Mike, how they – you know, did the big PR oh. stunt. Adam yep. Aaron, you know, who is a king of PR, and I'm yep. not bitter because I didn't get the public address job from the Sixers, but, you know, anyway. Uh, I did audition for it, didn't get it. I'm not bitter. I'm actually kind of happy considering the team is uh, what they are. No, um but uh, but seriously, I mean the whole thing with uh, with Andrew Bynum and you know he's he's being hailed as the savior, the man who's going to bring the Sixers back to prominence. And uh, never happened. Now this team has done a complete 180 from being a beleaguered uh, and belittled Bulls team in the playoffs last year to they're not going to smell the playoffs. They're five games out, I believe, of the final spot as we record this. For yeah, five games out, uh, tied with Toronto for. Uh, ninth place in the Eastern Conference, it's not going to happen. There's no way whatsoever, unless they get on a 10-game win streak, which isn't going to happen, right. that the Sixers even sniff the playoffs. They'll be going golfing uh, earlier than anybody. There were a couple of very, very telling things that uh, Collins uh, stated in this uh, press conference, which mm -hmm. actually got going kind of slowly and then built to a crescendo where he was just on a roll. Mm -hmm. Um at one point he says, uh, I think we have some guys we, uh, who have some capability. I say all the time, they say it's a player's league. Then take ownership. Take ownership. That's all I'm asking. Take ownership of what you're putting out there. Right. Uh, at one point, uh, he's asked by a reporter, uh, you know, what do you do next? And, and, and Collins, I mean, he just stands there and says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. He's in a dead I end. really do. I mean, it. When, when you've got a coach standing up there in front of the media, almost pleading with them uh, that he's frustrated, that his guys aren't doing the job, that they're not even breaking a sweat, uh, this sounds like a guy who has absolutely just mailed it in at this point. He's let me, done. He's let me beg a question. In the air. Mike, let me beg a question to you and, and make a Philadelphia sports parallel from another team. Does Doug Collins' job right now with Philadelphia, does it remind you, and I'm going to draw the parallel, Larry Boa towards the end of his tenure with the Phillies a few years ago. Do you see parallels there? Similar. Similar. I don't think that Bo I didn't. I never got the impression that Boa actually ever really gave up. Uh, I'm getting the impression here that uh, Collins is actually getting to, getting to the feeling of, I can't do anything with this. His hands are up in the air, and he's at his wit's end. He cannot get through to this team. Simply put. Now, once you can't get through to your team, the question becomes, uh, since you've obviously made that, that, that public proclamation, then you're indicating that you can't lead this team, which means we have to make a move on you. You've got to get out. Now, having said that, though, I bring up this question. In anything that Doug Collins said, was he wrong? 
And I say, no, he wasn't. No. And he was absolutely right in everything he said. You've got to – I mean, this is a move on two folds. Number one, it's a proclamation that, you know, I, I, I don't know what the hell to do. I You know, I'm tapped on this. But also, it could be kind of a, a motivational ploy or a tactic for – you know, inspiring the team to, you know, light a fire under their backsides to see if they get something out of this. We'll know in the next five to ten games which it was, really. I don't know if it's motivational when he's standing there saying, you booed me as a player, don't boo me as a coach. Well, I mean, he's, you, pleading, he's pleading with the media and the fan base. You booed me as a player, don't boo me as a coach. Well, you know what? This is the toughest. If you don't want to be booed as a coach in this town, you should you never should even try you should never be coaching in this Bingo. town because we boo because we care. And that's not just Philadelphia fans. That's any fan base, uh, any any intelligent fan base, I should say. Yeah. Well, you know what? Considering Doug Collins, uh, you know, in the first two years here in Philadelphia, it took them to the playoffs with the teams that they did have. And they weren't great teams either. No. So no. Took, and again, they got lucky. They got lucky with the draw, too. So. Yeah, I mean, does he deserve the criticism right off the bat, considering he had two really good years here the last well, two Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing that I'm noticing. Here's the thing that I'm noticing. Number one, let's 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 make this very very clear. This is not the same team that he had last season. No, it's this not. This is not the same team that he had two years ago. Absolutely. Right. This is really a very different team. Yes, there are a couple of there are a couple of uh, of players that are the same, but for the core of it, it, it is a completely different team. We're missing a major component of it that everybody thought. You know, we were all lulled into thinking was going to be a part of this thing. And that's not there. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, and I think the vast majority of fans in Philadelphia really, really like Doug Collins. We don't blame him. But at the same time, you've got to step back as a sports analyst. Look at this situation. It, it's, become a, it's become a Shakespearean tragedy yeah. uh, from yeah. the standpoint that you're looking at this man and you're going, my God, put him out of his misery. Exactly. I mean, it, it, the the management is the fault, not the not the man who's Thank the head you. coach. It's Adam Aaron and the and the yucks up there in uh, in the corporate suite for pretty much screwing Doug Collins out of this season yeah. and screwing this team out of a season. Quite well, especially right. last night in such a Who miserable, miserable game. Out of a season, you oh, know, and, yeah. Well, especially last night in such a miserable, miserable game and a miserable loss where he got to see two players that should have been on his team this year. Played really great games last night and helped their team to win. Good, true enough. But you, you know, I, I, but Jim brings it up. The 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 the, the fanfare and, and the brouhaha that was made of bringing Andrew Bynum here to this town, the whole uh, constitutional center event. Yeah. You know, we put this we put this big enormous parade, free parade sort of thing on. It's almost a pre championship parade. Here comes our savior on 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 the on the white stallion. Mm-hmm. In many respects, you can't blame Collins for that. You can't. Well, listen, man. They, listen, they acquired Bynum on a Wednesday by Thursday driving around PA over here. There's billboards everywhere Bynum's face on it. They gave Bynum the LeBron treatment when he went to Miami. More or less, that's what they did. But that, but here is the thing. it's You're bringing in a guy that has been injury-plagued his career, hasn't really been one of the top centers in the league, but yet you're Agreed. building as the savior of an entire franchise. Well, and oh. here's the other thing. I gotta, I gotta throw this one out there because I'm listening to Mike and Mike this morning over on ESPN. Wait a and, minute. And what why, they, whoa, whoa, whoa. why would you be listening to them? Go well, ahead. They, they, hey, for one of something better. But I'm listening to them this morning, and what are they talking about? They're saying that in fact he's going to get a big payday again next year from somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why in the world would anybody take a chance on this man? There's well, a sucker born every day in this industry. There's a sucker born every day in this industry of sports. This oh. man stole seventeen million dollars. Well, listen, man, you know what? You can't blame Doug Collins for a team bringing in a guy who's averaging 11 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and building him as the franchise player when That's he's not. That's Adam Aaron. That's all Adam Aaron. The guys, honestly, and I hate to say it, I don't even think this guy is starting center potential in this league. If any, if any of us did what Andrew Bynum has done this year in our regular job, we would be up on charges right now of extortion. Pretty much. Well, I well I also said Scott Gomez should have been as well. So, well, there you go. <laughs> and to think that he could potentially walk away from this and get another big payday next year and sign a multi-year contract with some other team is absolutely disgusting to me. Well, he probably returned to the Lakers. 
<laughs> go fit that 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 would be the perfect symmetry to everything. I think. It would. It would be. You know what? Let him go back there. You know what? I, and I hate to say this, and I and, and and Mike, I've said this over and over and over again. To me, the real loss here was Vucevic. I'm sorry. I, I look what this guy is doing this season with a miserable Orlando Magic team. Yeah. You know. He's 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 averaging double digits in points per game and rebounds per game plus almost two blocks per game. And that's something that would add to a couple of wins at least, uh, more than a couple of wins on absolutely the team this year. Absolutely, you would have had a starting center. You wouldn't have had to have relied so much on garbage players like Spencer Hawes and Kwame Brown. Right away, that's going to add at least three to four to five game five wins to this team. Still going to be starting Spencer Hawes. I'm going to stand by what I stated at the very beginning of the season. To look back now, you know, Monday morning quarterback, this, uh, you know, 2020 hindsight sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I, I am not going to question the moves that the Sixers made. I frankly think that under the circumstances that they were operating at that particular time, they were making what they thought were the best moves for the team at that particular time. Moving Iguodala, moving Vucevic. I do not think was a bad move under the circumstances they thought they were operating under at that time. Now, again, 2020 hindsight. If I turn the clock back at this point, was it a good move? Hell no. Would I want it back? You bet your life. But I don't question what they did. The chemistry wasn't working correctly the way that it needed to be at that time last year. And now there's no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, to your point, it's not what they did, it's how they did it. And how they uh, made the perceptions up known to the public. Correct. What they've done is they have set up a fan base that at this point right now, if they are not very, very careful with the kind of moves that they're going to be making in this offseason, could very well rebel on them very, very quickly. You'll Absolutely. be seeing more. You'll be seeing more people at Wings games before much longer than Sixers well, this, games. This is a very angry fan base. Oh, and rightfully so. And rightfully I agree. So. I agree. I agree. Rightfully so. They have every every right to be angry in Philadelphia gonna, with the Sixers. I'm going to tell you right now. If in fact, and this is this is a rumor that's flying around, is that we're going to wait and see what's going to happen with the next game that the uh, that the Sixers have, and I forget. They're playing a fairly good team next. I don't have it right off the top of my head. Jonathan, do you have it? I know you can grab they it. They are playing, Jormol, please, the, the Bulls. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And then the Warriors right after that. Now, the the rumor that this is a rumor, okay, and, 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 you know, probably put out by some, you know, blogger in their basement last night. But this is the rumor uh, that's floating around is that Collins has got himself one game. We'll see where things are in 48 hours. And if if the Sixers don't look like a, 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 at least a, a competitive team against the Bulls, that in fact he might be gone. And I'm going to tell you right now, if that occurs, I'm even going to be angrier. Well, listen, let me tell you this: over the next bunch of games, you got Chicago, Golden State, Atlanta, Miami twice, Orlando again, Brooklyn, Indiana, Clippers, Denver. List goes on. Yeah, Murderers uh, Row coming up. Yeah, Murderers Row. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to yeah. murder Philadelphia, man, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> In playoffs? Playoffs? You talking playoffs? <laughs> practice? <laughs> we talk about talk practice, practice, not the game. Talk about practice. Hey, listen, man, you know what? They should bring AI back. Why not? Hey, he's in Turkey or he's in, in somewhere anymore. Well, you know what, man? They'll bring. Uh, you know what? They'll uh, they'll resign uh, AI tomorrow, and there'll be uh, billboards all over uh, Pennsylvania saying, "Hey, listen, our savior is back." First Allen Iverson, then Sean Bradley. Oh, wait. Oh. I hear MJ's going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, 50. Yeah, right. <laughs> he can yeah. give us 10 and 5 at least. Oh, man. I tell you, man. I tell you. It's going to be bad. I don't know what's going on with the 76ers, but it doesn't look like it's going to be good for the, for the future. No, and you know, the unfortunate part, and this will be the last thing I say about it. Here's the unfortunate part, Jonathan, is that where a lot of us fans were looking at this season as being a – a, a corner turner. We were looking at this and saying, okay, this is going to be the season we're going to turn the corner, and we are now on an upward swing. Guess what? The way this season has gone, as you just pointed out, we're not just on a downward spiral. We might be looking at more years of rebuilding this team. Oh, listen, it's, it's going to happen because you're going to have to start getting rid of guys of like Thaddeus Young, mm-hmm. Evan Turner, Drew Holiday eventually because you're going to have to start rebuilding. You can't rebuild with all of these guys on your roster, you can't. I don't. I've never, I've never known exactly what all the brouhaha has been about Holiday to begin with. I don't like him as a player, 
So I, I think I, I think he's at least a decent role player, but that's just my mind. Thank you. Serviceable. But that's the same thing I've always said with Philadelphia when it came to Andre Iguodala. He's not a, a, a prime player. He is an amazing role player, and that's what you see in Denver right now. Well, they, exactly. Get a bunch of role players together, you might have something. Exactly. For a year. For a, a year. Player, and then bring in all these big top guys and think, oh, well, something's, it's not going to happen. Doesn't work that way. I, that's I agree. That's the Philadelphia way of doing things back in the 90s, Jim. That's the not Dana the Barros era. Hey, I love Dana, Dana Barros, man. Yeah, but he sucked here. Listen, man, at one time your starting center was Sean Bradley in the back of his minute bowl, so I <laughs> Uh, real quick, <laughs> kids, you can be tall, but you can still suck at basketball. Thank exactly, you. Absolutely. Exactly, man. All right, man. We got a phone call coming in right now. Six one two area code. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Hey, how are you? Good afternoon to you. Good. Well, no, I know it, I, from afar here in the great state of Minnesota. Being, you know, being a yep. Dallas Cowboys fan and a Blackhawks fan, it's you know it sucks to see you probably shove. I get it, but it, it, they make these moves, but. It's what they do with the money they save in a long haul. I know the Eagles are making some changes. You guys are in that mode right now, and it, it, it's you know, it, it's tough to know the salary cap. The old days, you remember my Dallas Cowboys made the run before the salary cap. Jerry Jones would stock up, or the old days, just like the Yankees, and now a salary cap. You have to make these hard choices, and it sucks. I, you know, like I've always said, I cheer for the laundry of both my clubs, and I respect all teams, and I and I cheer for the numbers that. We spent numbers to play for the laundry, but you, you got to make these moves in salary cap. And you look like just like uh, the baby maker out there with the, the cheater, the uh, video cheater out there in New England. He signed a, a contract, so he left nine on the table so they can win the long haul. A lot of these guys got to realize that it's not like golf or bowling. You got to make moves for your team. For in Philly, I think uh, we'll see what happens with the new coach and either in, in the 76 or the 76. What's going on down there? You guys are a tough mode out there. The Flyers are making a nice run after a slow start. And, I think the city of Arleshov is going to make some runs here. The next five years will dictate if you guys are going to be uh, champions, which I think you rightly deserve. Yeah, well, I mean, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm yeah, no, I, I mean, no, no, I, I look, <laughs> no, I, I look. I look at. I mean, I, I, I try to be objective, not subjective, on my podcast. I think too many people uh, get too subjective on podcasts. I talk about all, all, all teams. There's 32 teams in the National League. There's 32 stories, yeah. Yeah. and you know, I just think too many people get. Being a subjective person can be boring, I, you know, to me, even in your life. I love to talk to fans. I, I travel. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I wear my Blackhawks jacket, and it's, I get a lot of, you know, sneered by Cowboys. But, I, I you know, I, <laughs> I cheer. I, I stand behind the shield of the National Hockey Association, pumpkin ball, paint drying, and NFL. And, I, you know, I, it's fun to talk sports and be objective and minded. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's definitely uh Fun to talk sports, man. Thanks for the call, man. Of course, All we right. have to cut it off. We have uh, only a few minutes left here in the show. Uh, real quick, let's talk about Tom Brady's deal. Uh, no, it's something we really wanted to get into. Mike, uh, what did you read this morning? Uh, everybody's going nuts about supposedly he restructured his contract and is only making $27 million, but in reality, he's making what? Yeah, well, I I don't have the full, full numbers on it, but let's make, let's make no mistake. Here was how it was painted. It You know, people were thinking, oh, He's going to take a pay cut so that the uh, so that the uh, uh, the Patriots can get underneath the cap, and then they're going to be able to deal with the Welker situation. They're going to be able to keep Welker. Uh, this thing's so front end loaded with bonuses that this guy's not taking any kind of pay cut. Make no mistake, this contract is actually more lucrative than it was before. According to league sources, I'll give you the information. This Go is ahead. from ESPN. Brady received, get this, a $30 million signing bonus with the deal that extends the quarterback's uh, deal through 2017, clearing up allegedly $15 million of cap space, $57 million guaranteed, even if he gets injured. Right. So, and he's on, he'll be on the roster until he's 40. Yeah, which he's an old man. Uh, you know. Well, you know, uh, it, to me, you know, we brought this whole situation up before, Jonathan, you know, uh, somebody do me a favor, and I'm saying this rhetorically. Uh, I don't want anybody to go do this. Somebody look up the right. word bonus, you know, at dictionary.com. Let's get it straight. Bonus means, you know, you're being rewarded for something, all right? This mm-hmm. is a bonus round, or here's your bonus at the end of the year. I take nothing away from what Tom Brady has done with the New England Patriots and sure. what he's done in his career. He is certainly probably going to be one of the, certainly one of the top five, Maybe top three quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, does anybody deserve a $30 million bonus? Well, especially not for something you've done t- 10 years ago. 
<laughs> well, exactly. Being right place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. So. I don't know. Listen, no, you know, I, I I just wish people would shut up saying, "Oh well, look, he uh, restructured his contract. Yeah, well, Sanchez makes more. It's ridiculous." Uh, no, 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 no. Somewhere, well, Colin Coward is bludging right now. But anyway. Yeah, thirty million dollar signing bonus. Seriously, come on. Well, and you know, uh, Jonathan, that I'm very, very, very good friends with a uh, with a uh, with a Patriots fan here. And the other day when this uh, news came out, uh, you know, I I turned to him and I said, uh, "Hey, what's your deal with uh, St. Tom up there?" Uh, you know, because of course the media is painting it as, oh, isn't this, uh, isn't this very euphemistically wonderful? Uh, how how this guy would take a pay cut? You know, yeah. bottom line, uh, yeah. no pay cut. Let's get people it are going to the Sunday masses. Oh, St. Thomas of Gillette. How exactly. Would be that name? <laughs> all right, enough about Tom Brady because he makes me sick. I, I taste vomit in my mouth. We agree on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's only your bias. Yeah, real quick, man. We got a little. No, I just can't stand the man. Uh. Listen, Drew Bledsoe is a patriot. I love Drew Bledsoe. So. All right. Let's talk about uh, Nick Saban really quick and Les Miles battling over an eighth-grade recruit. Mike, oh, jeez. Real quick, man. What do you think? Well, you know, I read this, and I, I, I thought to myself, come on, this has got to be a joke, right? No. This has got to be a joke. Apparently, an eighth-grader, and make no mistake, apparently he is a standout. Uh, in fact, he's being touted as a potential uh, uh, you know, uh, major, major uh, high school recruit for sure. Uh, but he's considered to be, you know, an all-American type football player down in, a, you know, what is, would that be? Eighth grade? What is that? A middle school? Middle school uh, yeah. or junior school? Junior. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, apparently, he shows up at junior day. Now, yeah. here's the here's the first question I've got: What parent takes an eighth grader to a junior day? <laughs> Uh, for 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 college recruiting, that's number one. Uh, but apparently, Saban seriously offers the family and offers the kid a scholarship to mm. Alabama. And I gotta ask the question: Is this right? How is not? How, yeah, how is that not illegal though, man? That's that, that's well, what I want to know. Well, again, and I'll, I'll bring in the media stuff here again, as I often do when I'm aboard. This comes back also to ESPN. And they're constant right high school standouts who are seniors, juniors, sophomores, and even before that. It's that mentality, especially in the holier-than-thou-art SEC, that you've got to find the best as young as you possibly can. It's kind of like horse racing when you're trying to breed the best as young as you possibly can. Same sort of thing here with uh, what's going on with Nick Saban in Alabama, in my opinion. Yeah, but how far down are we going to be going here at this point? Well, I've I mean, heard, I've heard, uh, it's well, funny you mentioned that, Mike. I, I've heard stories in the past about people in basketball and in other sports who are being sought after as early as fifth or sixth grade. So it's, it's, it's this is. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well, you know what? Being sought after is one thing. Being offered a scholarship, though, on the spot to me is another. Yeah, it was, well, remember, college is not about academics, boys and girls. Oh, well, you knew that already. You know, yeah. Sh- Oh my goodness! Well, anyway, listen, man. I, I, I'm just frankly surprised, and not, not that I'm not surprised. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm, I'm not surprised that there's not an NCAA rule about the age determination of when we can begin well, uh, extending scholarship opportunities. There won't be one because, well, it, it's it's great granddaddy SEC doing it, so you know they're not going to put a kibosh on that. God no. Yep. All right, man. So I, 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 I've got a, I've got a big issue with it. Agreed. I, I agree, and I think we all do. And we, I, you know, I think we need to talk about this on Friday a little bit more and get more stuff about this. Um, but as always, I have to say this before we sign off. Here is uh, Nick Saban is a joke. Yes. To me, has always been a joke, and the only thing that's not a joke about him is his daughter Kristen. So. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, was a okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's it for today's episode of Fan Junkies Radio uh, Forum Wednesday. We thank uh, our, our caller for calling in, and as always, we thank our listeners. Uh, we also thank the great Jim Williams for uh, joining us to be our three-man team. And you can also check out Jim at CLW eighty-three Network. Thanks so much, Jameson. CLW eighty-three dot com. Give a listen. Tune in. Appreciate your help today, Jameson. That was good. Absolutely, Jim. And if thank you can, uh, this again on Friday, man, we'd appreciate it. And uh, as always. Mike, Sidekick, the Frat House Gang. You can check them out over at fradhousesports.net. Some great stuff always going on over there. Um, Our next show is Friday. We have a lot of good guests coming up for uh, the month of March. A lot of guests, Mike. Uh, And we'll we'll talk about that on Friday as well, and we'll talk about all the great 
guest we have coming on, and uh, we just lined up on yesterday that we're very, very excited about. It has yep. to do with a very, very big NFL legendary quarterback. Yep. It's going to be great. Looking forward to that. And as always, fanjunkies.net, sports social networking. Get over there. Sign up. It's free. Have fun. Stop being lazy. Get over. It takes two seconds to sign up. Anyway, for Jim, Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you all so much for listening to Fan Junkies Radio, and we'll see you all Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Catch you then. So long. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.